Welcome to Words with Wishlist. I'm Wishlist, also known as Wish on the Beat or Emily Davidson. I'm a songwriter, music producer, multi-instrumentalist, and former classical cellist and music educator. In this podcast, we explore inspirational topics on self-reflection and personal growth with creatives in mind. Whether you're a professional artist or a passionate hobbyist, I hope to offer some insight and food for thought for anyone on a creative journey. Hi everyone, and welcome back to Words with Wishlist. I took some time off uh, for the end of the summer, but I'm happy to be back. I've been brainstorming topic ideas for the podcast, and this episode in particular is one I'm really excited to have. I think it's going to be a little controversial, but I hope you can approach this with an open mind uh, because I'm really excited to talk about it. So imposter syndrome is something we hear about all the time in creative communities, even outside of creative communities. That's basically about feeling like you're not worthy or you're not good enough to be doing what you're doing, or you feel like everyone secretly knows that you're, you know, underqualified for whatever it is you're trying to put yourself out there for. And I've heard so many of my peers and people in my circle talk about having this experience I am familiar with the concept of the experience. I mean, on some level, it just boils down to feeling inadequate or feeling like you're not good enough, which I think is something we all deal with, uh, particularly in creative careers, but in all careers. But I've noticed a trend of more and more people really strongly identifying with this imposter syndrome concept and almost using it as kind of a crutch to sort of justify uh, why they're insecure or why they have a hard time following through with their projects. And I don't want my thoughts today to invalidate that experience emotionally, psychologically, because like I've said, I've dealt with it myself in some ways, and I think almost everybody deals with it at some point. But I would love to reframe it and really pick it apart so that this imposter syndrome is not plaguing so many creatives. I saw a tweet the other day um, that is going to be a little bit of a weird start to this conversation, but I thought it was really interesting. And uh, unfortunately, I didn't pull up the sources or the quote, but I thought I would just summarize it. Um, And it was a non-white person saying, what is this imposter syndrome? This sounds like some white people shit because I don't feel like I haven't earned everything that I've earned in my career. And basically they went on to say that particularly for minorities, people of color, even women uh, who are known to have to work twice as hard and have you know, much better results just to get the equal uh, acknowledgement that maybe a white person or a male or someone that has an easier time in society uh, has to do. And so they were saying they have never experienced imposter syndrome because they know how hard they've had to work for every single opportunity. And when they finally do get an opportunity or an achievement or an acknowledgement, they know all the work they put in and they feel deserving of it because they know what they put in to get it. And I do think, you know, some opportunities do land in people's laps. Personally, for me, I really resonated, though I'm not a person of color. You know, I try not to use the fact that I'm a woman to make me feel too uh, oppressed. I try not to, I try to take everything in stride. So for me personally, while I do know that as a woman, I have to work a little harder sometimes uh, to be seen as an equal to a man, I try not to identify with that too much in a way that makes me feel 
uh, disempowered. But um, I do know that I have had to work very hard for everything that I've accomplished. Nothing has really come that easy for me. I will say public speaking comes easy to me. So I guess I could say like this podcast and talking on my YouTube videos and stuff like that. Uh, that's a gift that has come easy to me. But all of my musical accomplishments, everything I had to do, whether it be in classical music or once I transitioned into pop music and lo-fi and producing, everything I've done has come with so much work and so much investment and has really not come super easily. So I also haven't had a massive struggle with imposter syndrome the same way as sometimes I've seen peers, certainly not in classical music because classical music requires so much hard work and training from everyone, but in the pop sphere or just in a more DIY musical sphere, I have seen people who are just very well connected and you know they have friends that are accomplished and so their friends just kind of give them opportunities or you know things kind of fall into their lap because of some internet clout or something like that and they're given these opportunities that they don't feel quite ready for and it leaves them feeling like they have imposter syndrome but to me that comes more from you know how much work did you have to put in how much did you invest how much did you grow through the process of trying to create this thing that you're creating and if you really put in that work and investment, you know, that should help mitigate some of that imposter syndrome because you know that you put all that work in to really earn your accomplishment. But if you're getting an accomplishment or an achievement or an acknowledgement that you didn't feel the work was on par for, I think that already begins to set up the feeling of imposter syndrome. And that's why I think it's really important to not just chase clout-based things like something that will get you a lot of attention um, at the cost of, you know, actually just putting in the work to get yourself there. Lucky opportunities are great, but they're not what's going to make you feel really secure in what you're doing. So that's what I want to really talk about today is our self-esteem and our self-worth in regard to what we're doing, because that's what really affects whether or not we feel like an imposter. And while yes, getting a great opportunity that you maybe don't feel ready for, or you don't think you exactly earned, that can certainly compound the imposter syndrome. But I think there's many ways to mitigate that. For one, depending on what you're doing, there are ways to prove your legitimacy on some level to yourself, to your audience. And that's mostly through training and practice. So I can speak broadly or I can speak more specifically with examples. You know, if you want to play an instrument, for example, and you feel like an imposter on the instrument, well, there's a very simple way to fix that, which is practicing, spending time every day devoting yourself to learning your instrument. And if you're someone who only picks up your instrument maybe once a week and you can play a couple things and you just kind of play the same things over and over every time you pick your instrument up and then you put it back down, you're not really challenging yourself to learn new things, you're not growing, you're not practicing, you're not pushing yourself to improve on the things where you might need some improvement, then naturally, yeah, when you tell someone, oh, I play guitar, but you only play once a week and you play the same things and you don't challenge yourself, you might feel like an imposter saying that you play the guitar because... Not to say that you don't play guitar, but there's a lot more for you that you could be investing to make you feel more confident and say, yeah, I play the guitar. I learned my scales. I learned this new chord this week. And while you, of course, are not going to be the best guitarist in the world just from that, 
I truly believe that making those concrete investments and seeing yourself make that progress is what helps make you start to feel more self-assured because you know that you're investing and that you're working and that you're improving. And that's going to start to build that internal self-esteem and that self-worth that you are worthy, that you're not an imposter because you're putting in that good old fashioned hard work. And I think unfortunately in this internet age, social media age, we're so focused on appearances and trying to make things look really great. And I will say, I try not to bring too much negativity onto the podcast, but one of my pet peeves is people posing with instruments on their Instagram that they can't really play or they don't really play or they don't really practice. They just use it as a prop for an image and so they pose with it and they look to their audience, look, I play this instrument, when they can barely play the instrument or they can play one song or they, again, back to the, they play once a week and they don't learn new things. And then they Those same people are the people who often complain about feeling like an imposter. So you have to look at how you're setting yourself up. Are you giving an accurate and honest representation to your audience and to the public about what you can and can't do? If you find that you're often over-posturing yourself or inflating yourself. I know we think that this is required for social media or something. And, you know, yes, we edit photos and we want to give our best presentation, but there's a difference from giving your best presentation of yourself and your best representation of yourself and actually stretching and over-inflating what it is that you actually do. And again, we see this in social media, not only in the types of pictures that are posted, but the captions that are written. People, you know, maybe trying to write something really inspirational or, you know, celebrate something about themselves, but they're leaving out a lot of other things or they're just kind of tailoring the story to sound the best it could possibly sound when then it's not a truly honest reflection of what's going on. I have seen a very strong correlation between people who have this kind of complicated relationship with social media where they're maybe not really representing themselves well and then feeling like the strong imposter syndrome. So I think we have to be really honest with ourselves about how much we are contributing to feeling like imposters by actually putting ourselves out there in a way that is not fully honest, because I think that unfortunately we're doing that to make ourselves feel better. We're doing that to give ourselves confidence, but we should be focusing internally on the skills that we're developing, on the challenges that we're overcoming. Those should be the things that are giving us our confidence in ourselves more than the narrative or the photos that we push out to the public for likes and approval. That should not be where we're looking to focus on this internal issue of feeling like an imposter. Because ultimately, feeling like an imposter is an internal issue. So no amount of successful social media posts is gonna fix how we feel internally. And I'm very a very strong advocate for knowing that likes on social media, even followers, whatever it is, that is a band-aid for whatever we feel internally. And we don't need to look at, you know, the amounts of suicides in celebrities or, you know, mental health problems in celebrities and musicians to know that no amount of public acknowledgement can fill the void inside. We have to do internal work in order to feel better about ourselves and have true confidence and a true sense of self-worth. It cannot be bypassed by the quick adrenaline rush of likes and approval. So back to presenting as an imposter or feeling like an imposter. 
So I think one thing, like I said, that's really important is making sure we're representing ourselves accurately, making sure that we have our own identity and sense of self before we present it to the public. Too many people are trying things out by presenting them to the public, and that is just not the way it works. We really need to be good with ourselves before we can be putting anything out there that's a good representation of who we are, because whether people know it or not, that lack of authenticity can be sensed. And even if you fool people a few times, I've found the people who have the most success from something that was a little bit disingenuous are usually the ones who get the really strong imposter syndrome compounding on them because they're putting something out there that isn't fully them and they know that inside. So then when it gets a bunch of approval, it's like, oh my God, everybody loves this thing that wasn't even really me, but I was just trying it out. And the whole thing gets messy. So that's why I think it's really important to get right with yourself. And so whatever it is that you're doing, I used playing guitar as an example, because that's a common instrument a lot of people play. But let's say it's putting yourself out there as a music producer or a songwriter or an artist or something like that. I know for me, when I started making my lo-fi beats and putting them out there just as a you know music producer, I was already a music producer, but I hadn't been putting out, you know, a large body of instrumental works like that. And I never had any issues with imposter syndrome because a big part of what I knew and what I was doing is I was making these beats, finishing them and releasing them and moving on to the next thing. So I was creating a body of work that whether people liked it or didn't like it, the songs were out, they were there, they were completed. And this is another thing I see with imposter syndrome a lot is people get hung up on the ego effects of feeling like an imposter that they then don't complete their work or don't follow through or they do one thing and then they kind of stop and reevaluate. And you know, there's nothing wrong with reevaluating if what you're doing isn't making you happy, but it's very important to have that follow through because that's what's proving to yourself that you are not an imposter. You are someone who has done these things. If I were to say I did it, but if I was like, oh, I feel like I'm not a real producer, I'm an imposter. Well, I could stop myself and say, well, let's take a look. Have I released music? Do I have songs out that are finished? Are people listening to them? Are people saying I like your music? And whether they were saying they liked it or not, to me, the more important thing is I have music out there that I produced, that I finished myself and released myself and it's out there and it's streaming and there's a lot of it. And to me, whether I feel like an imposter or not, I can stop myself and look at the cold hard facts. Am I a music producer or am I an imposter? Well, no, I'm a music producer. Look at all this music that I have out on Spotify right now. And I think that's why it's really important to have real follow through on your goals, because even if you still struggle with self-esteem and self-worth, looking at the tangible results of your hard work can help remind you, you are not an imposter. Look at this music that's out. Sometimes people say they feel like an imposter, but they don't have a body of work out. So it's like, okay, well, why don't you work on putting out a body of work, learning to follow through, learning to push through those humps of insecurity and still follow through to your goals and watch how that affects your internal imposter syndrome. Prove to yourself that you are not an imposter. Don't look to your followers or your friends or, you know, I'm not saying don't get support from your friends and family, but don't look to other people to tell you, no, you're not an imposter, you're really this. You need to prove that to yourself, which takes me to the next point, which is 
self-esteem, something that is so important for every single person on the planet, but particularly people in creative and artistic or public-facing careers, self-esteem and self-worth is the most valuable thing that you have. And it's very important to understand that self-esteem is your responsibility and yours alone. We have all been given a different set of cards in life that includes challenges to our self-esteem. So for me, like I mentioned, pretty much everything that I've accomplished, I've had to work very hard for and against a lot of pushback. So I was lucky enough to have great parents who instilled good self-esteem in me by celebrating who I was and by supporting me. So I know that really self-esteem starts when we're young. So our parent relationships, our sibling relationships, our early life relationships definitely have a massive effect on our self-esteem but they're not the only thing. For me, my challenges came when I got to music school and I was so far behind on the cello from my peers and having my peers judge me, people not wanting to work with me, even my teachers. And even when I was doing my college auditions, I had teachers tell me, you know, you're too behind to go into music. You know, when I was just a 17 year old or even a 16 year old trying to become a cellist, I had teachers and you know, important people in the field telling me, well, sorry, you're really behind. You shouldn't, you know, it's not gonna work out for you if you try to do this. And then I had teachers at my school kind of, you know, they wanted my money, so they weren't gonna tell me to quit once I'm enrolled in the school. But it was very clear that they didn't really have a lot of faith in me. So for me, I had to push against all these people who didn't believe in me, all my peers who thought I wasn't good enough, all of this stuff, even though I had good internal self-esteem on who I was as a person, who I was as a cellist was really on the chopping block and I had to persevere because that's what I wanted to do and I had to believe in myself. I had to be my own best advocate and that's the only way that I've gotten anywhere in my career is by being my own best advocate and believing in my own potential. I have never looked to other people or my peers to tell me that I'm good enough, or I've never looked to affirm if I'm good enough from the results of a social media post or a YouTube video. Yes, of course, I take all those things into account. I'm not gonna act like I don't notice. Anyone who has social media or YouTube, of course, looks at their stats and looks at how people are responding to what they're doing. So I'm not acting like we can be immune to that but it can't be the source of what drives us and what keeps us on the path and what makes us feel worthy of being on this path. That all has to come from us. So one of my issues with imposter syndrome is how much it kind of takes the responsibility away from our own self-esteem and self-worth. And I'm not saying that's a simple or an easy thing to feel worthy of something. And even your own personal self-esteem as a human being is kind of a separate thing from your self-esteem as an artist or a creative or whatever you're trying to do. Um, though of course they're related and they connect and they talk to each other, they're a little bit separate. But I will say specifically to the creative path, if you decide that you want to go into a creative field and you decide that you wanna be someone who puts themselves out there in some kind of public way, you have to take full ownership over your self-esteem and your self-worth and do whatever you can to empower yourself. Like I said, be your own best advocate because we cannot rely on other people. And even if you have the most supportive friends and audience around, like I said, it never fills 
the need for self-assurance and self-esteem within yourself. It is just a distraction, a band-aid, a nice moment to distract you from your own lack of self-esteem when other people compliment you. It is not a substitute for your own self-esteem. So creative fields are hard. I get it. I think that's why imposter syndrome is so rampant. Um, I think it also is partially a result of just the DIY culture in music and you know, content creation in general, you know, most people are learning to do this stuff just kind of on their own. And I have no shame against that. I mean, I'm a self-taught producer. I'm a self-taught guitarist and ukulele player. Um, I'm a self-taught vocalist. I mean, I did take a very brief stint of uh, classical voice lessons from my boyfriend in college because he had to teach it for a requirement for school. And actually those classical voice lessons were very traumatic. So don't really, I didn't really enjoy that. But so for the most part, I'm self-taught in many things that I do, uh, even though I am very formally taught on the cello. And so there's nothing wrong with being self-taught, but I think that's where people can start to feel like imposters because if you're going to school for something or you're, you know, taking a lot of classes in something, or even just taking private lessons, you're going to feel a little less like an imposter because again, you're putting in that work, you're seeing that progress, you're pushing yourself to overcome challenges and improve on your weaknesses. That's what starts to empower you to make you feel like less of an imposter. So yeah, if you're just kind of doing everything yourself and you're not really structured about how you're learning, then naturally, yeah, you might feel like more of an imposter because you're not getting that formal education. And, you know, I definitely dealt with those feelings in the beginning of being a songwriter and a producer, um, you know, feeling like, oh, well, especially like I live out in Los Angeles now and uh, a lot of people who do songwriting and music production stuff out here went to Berkeley, for example, you know, one of the most popular schools in the country for that kind of music. And I studied classical, so I didn't go to Berkeley and I didn't have classes on songwriting or classes on music production. So there was a point where I kind of had a similar feeling like that. But what I realized is, wait a second, there's actually a lot of self-taught people in this field. There are people who have great educations and tons of experience, and there are totally self-taught people. And the rate of success varies a ton among both of those people. It's not like the more trained people are more successful, certainly not in pop music. So I kind of realized like, wait a second, I don't need all of that stuff to feel like not an imposter. I just need confidence in what I do and confidence in my ability to do what I do and have a good result. And how do you get that confidence? By putting in the work, by completing your projects, by learning from each of the things you do and improving on it the next time. That's what builds you up to have confidence in your work and to feel like, yeah, what I'm doing this is so much better than what I was doing six months ago or a year ago. And then you start to empower yourself and see what you're capable of and realize, wow, I'm not an imposter. Look at how much, I, how much better I am than last year. You know, look at how much I've learned since last year. That's why I think it's so important to really push yourself to learn these things in a way that shows you're dedicated, shows you're invested, shows you're not an imposter. You're someone who is fully integrating this skill, this talent, this persona, whatever it is, you're fully integrating it into your life by investing your time, investing your energy, being honest with yourself about your pitfalls and working to, you know, work on those and, and grow from that point. These are the things that are going to empower you to have confidence in yourself. You can't sit around insecure, doing everything kind of half-ass and then going on social media, hoping that people will make you feel good about yourself to 
you know, get over imposter syndrome. Getting over imposter syndrome is getting with yourself, getting right with yourself, making sure you're doing the things to make you feel legitimate. And for me, you know, because I play instruments, I really believe practicing, putting in the time, creating some sort of structure for yourself, but really time and investment is the biggest one. Spending a regular amount of time on something will show you just how much you really know about it and how much you can really learn about it. Not just staying in your comfort zone, but allowing yourself to really branch out and grow and acknowledging when you do. You know, of course, we're focused on where we want to go and how good we want to be. But it's also very important to acknowledge what we're learning along the way and where we're improving. Like I said, looking back where you were a year ago or six months ago and acknowledging those improvements is a really great starting place to showing that you're growing and empowering yourself to feel like I am worthy, I can really do this thing. So if you're someone who struggles with imposter syndrome, I really challenge you to ask, why do I feel like an imposter? Do I put in the time and effort that I feel is necessary to be what it is that I say I am, whether it's an instrumentalist on a certain instrument or an artist of a certain thing or a music producer who you know, does a certain type of thing, whatever it is, do you feel you're really putting in the time and the energy to be that thing? If not, there's your answer for one. Start putting in that time. Start putting in that effort. But understand also things don't happen overnight. If you've just decided in the last few months that you want to play an instrument or you want to be an artist or whatever it is, don't expect that after three months time, you are fully that thing. I think it's so important to acknowledge time. I'm really big on time and how long things take. And of course we can move rapidly when we put in a lot of effort and we have a lot of passion and a lot of focus, we can really progress rapidly. I definitely believe that's true. But there's no substitute for just time and experience. And even if you're someone who learns things quickly, how much you learn over three months versus how much you learn over a year is of course going to be different. And I think naturally over time, if we're continuing to put in sustained work and dedication into something, just the amount of time that has passed over that sustained work is going to show us, wow, like I really am this thing. I'm getting more confident and more secure in what this thing is that I'm doing. So don't expect that if you have great self-esteem and confidence that you can just pick up a new skill or a new hobby and you know totally feel super secure in it the second you start. I do think you know just having some time where you've identified yourself as that thing, but you're still growing and learning is an important part of the process. So don't expect that you can just start something brand new and not feel like an imposter. Of course, you know, you're gonna feel like an imposter when you're just starting because you're not an imposter, but you're a beginner and it's okay to be a beginner. There's nothing wrong, we all start as beginners, but don't think that you can be a beginner and posture yourself as an accomplished, seasoned person who's been doing that thing for many more years and has much more experience. If you're trying to do that, of course you're going to feel like an imposter because you're, you are trying to be something that you're not. You're trying to present yourself as someone that's experienced and very far along in a path when the reality is you're a beginner. So be honest with where you're at 
both to yourself and to your audience. You know, you don't have to be self-deprecating or anything like that. And honestly, that's another pet peeve of mine is people who are too self-deprecating because that often is just a cry for validation or a cry for encouragement. And again, like I said, my whole theory on this is nothing external fills our internal self-esteem. It's all just distractions. And it's actually very dangerous because it allows us to bypass the very important process of getting right with ourself because other people's compliments make us feel good in the moment. So we let that, you know, distract us from our internal lack of self-worth. And then we never deal with our internal lack of self-worth because we keep seeking it out from others, but then it never goes away. So again, back to yourself, back to your goals and back to how you're going to achieve those goals. If you start from that place and you're honest with yourself every step of the way. So that means not only honest about what it is you're trying to achieve, what it is that maybe isn't quite good enough that needs to get a little bit better before you can achieve that, but also honest with yourself when you achieve those goals, when you accomplish those things you want to accomplish. Because of course, there's going to be another thing on the horizon that you want to be better at or that you want to do. And if we're only looking at where we're trying to go, then yes, we're going to feel like we're never good enough. And that's something I relate to more is always trying to be better and therefore not feeling satisfied with where I'm at. But I've learned that it's very important to acknowledge where you've come from, what you've learned, and it's very important to acknowledge when you've accomplished a goal so that you can really water that garden of your self-esteem and self-worth so you have that much more strength to move into your next goal, to move into the next thing you're trying to do. It gets harder and harder to keep pushing forward and keep improving if you're not feeling good about where you're at right now. So be honest not only about where you need to grow and what you're trying to achieve and what it's going to require to get there, but also be honest about when you do achieve those things, when you do jump over those hurdles or make those improvements. Be honest with yourself every step of the way, and that will help you build a more honest and fulfilling connection with yourself and your self-esteem. So again, if you struggle with imposter syndrome, I really encourage you to not let that label trap you, to empower yourself to take control of your self-esteem and self-worth because it's your responsibility and yours alone. Again, I've gotten so many mean comments all my life, thankfully not from within my own household, though, you know, my brother picked on me sometimes, but that's siblings, but in school and continuing through college and beyond, and even when I started my YouTube channel, and even when I started releasing music as Wishlist, I attract so many haters. I have gotten so many mean comments and so much terrible stuff said to me over my music career. And if I let that stuff determine my self-worth and whether I'm you know, good enough to keep doing what I'm doing, I would have quit so long ago. I would have never accomplished any of the goals I wanted to accomplish because we cannot let negative comments get in the way of our own relationship to ourselves and what we want to be doing. It's important to, you know, hear your audience and, you know, maybe take it into account. I'm not saying drown out every negative comment. There's always something to be learned, but we have to have a little bit of distance between both the positive and the negative comments because all of it starts to muddy up our relationship to ourself and our own self-esteem. And that's what's going to keep us going throughout our whole creative journey is our relationship to ourselves. So whether you have had criticisms or not, get right with yourself first because that's what's going to carry you through. And 
Negative comments are going to happen. If they don't happen at the earlier stages of your career, if you're lucky enough to persevere and become very successful, then they will absolutely happen then. The larger your influence gets, the more haters and negativity you will get along with it. That's just a known fact. So if you're not okay with hearing criticisms and negative comments, sometimes ones that are very mean, especially because it's the internet and people feel like they can say whatever they want, then you're not cut out for this field of creativity is just the reality. You have to be able to hear that stuff and know deep down that you are still worthy and that you're still good at what you do, even if not everybody likes it. So I really think as artists and creatives, we have a responsibility to ourselves and to our audience to take care of ourselves and feel secure in ourselves. It's not our fans or followers or listeners' jobs to make us feel worthy or feel good about ourselves. We need to show up as people who are worthy so that the audience comes to us and sees that and appreciates it and celebrates it, not thirsting to be told we're good enough because we feel like an imposter. If you are doing something and you are devoted to it and you are working on it on a regular basis and you are improving on it, you are not an imposter. You may not be as great as some other people who do what you do, but we don't have to be the best and it's impossible to be the best at anything. There will always be people better than you. In classical music, you know, they used to say things like, not only will there always be hundreds and thousands of people better than you, some of them might only be 10 years old and they'll be better than you. So you just have to accept that you're not gonna be the best. You can't outdo everybody. You just have to be the best for yourself. Strive for growth and improvement above all else. If you feel like an imposter, if you feel like you're not really what you're presenting yourself as, ask yourself, am I making an accurate representation of myself when I make posts, when I put things out, when I type about myself to the world publicly? Am I representing myself accurately? Am I being honest? That's step one. Step two, if you feel that you are, then ask yourself, why don't I feel worthy? Why don't I feel like I belong in this? Is it because, well, you know, I call myself a music producer, but I've only put out one song and it was nine months ago. Well, why don't you work on putting out some more music so that you can say, hey, you know, I didn't really feel like a music producer, but now I have five tracks out. And you know what? I am a music producer. I have five tracks out. Whatever it takes to make you feel like I'm really doing this thing. This isn't just something I want to be doing, but I'm battling myself every step of the way. Really do it, follow through. And if you're not able to follow through, if there's something that you're pursuing, and when you get to that, you know, 70% mark, even if it's playing an instrument too, I mean, I've definitely had cello students who really wanted to play, and then once they kind of learned the basics of playing the instrument, and I'm talking like adult students, they're like, this is actually way harder than I thought. I thought I was gonna sound like Yo-Yo Ma after like two months and I sound like a little kid squawking, playing Twinkle. Like this isn't what I had in mind. And so they stop lessons. And I support that because, you know, we don't always know what we're signing up for when we take on something new or we think, oh, this is the area I wanna pivot my creative work or whatever it is. We don't always know what we're in for. So if you are now into a creative place, whether it's playing an instrument or making, art yourself and you're realizing that it's just too difficult, like you can't get over that hump and finish things and you're having meltdowns or it's just really, really hard, it's okay to take a step back and reevaluate if it's really the right thing for you because, you know, I am someone who talks a lot about how creative paths are really not for the faint of heart and really not for everybody. I think creativity is for everybody, art is for everybody, people should do that 
for fun and for hobbies and for enjoyment and for enrichment, but to make it your life or a serious project, you have to have the spirit to be able to handle the challenges that come with that. So I think it's okay to be honest with yourself. If maybe you were trying to do something and you realize once you try to push yourself over that imposter hump and it just feels too difficult, maybe it's not for you. And maybe it should just be a side project or a hobby. And when you take the pressure off, you might find that the imposter syndrome goes away because you're no longer trying to posture yourself as a professional or someone legitimate. And you're just accepting, oh, this is just something I do for fun. And then you might find when the pressure's off that then you are really able to thrive. So I think there's a lot of ways that we can approach these challenges that come with a creative career and not let the feeling of not being good enough or being an imposter get in the way of our goals or not, you know, get so tangled in that, that we think we have to keep going with something that maybe we're just not emotionally or psychologically cut out for. And there's nothing wrong with that either. So I hope this gave you some great food for thought on imposter syndrome. I really appreciate you listening. If you enjoy this podcast, uh, share it with your friends. You can share it uh, straight from Spotify to Instagram, share the link. You can find everything else and all my links at wishlistmusic.com. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you guys next time.